Morning, friends. Good to see you today, and good to be here with you. So I'd like to start today with a story. In the summer of 1876, grasshoppers nearly destroyed the crops in the state of Minnesota. So when the spring of 1877 came, farmers were worried that the plague would come on them again and their wheat crop would be devastated, bringing financial ruin to many in the state. Situation was so serious that the governor, John Pillsbury, proclaimed April 26th as a day of prayer and fasting. He urged every man, woman, and child in the state to ask God to prevent the terrible scourge again. And on that April day, all schools, shops, stores, and offices were closed across the state, and there was a reverent hush that fell upon the state. Next day dawned bright and clear. Temperatures soared to what they normally were in midsummer, which was very strange in April. Minnesotans were shocked to discover billions of grasshopper larvae hatching in the fields. For three days, that unusual heat continued, and the larvae hatched over and over again. It appeared it would not be long before they began to feed and destroyed the wheat crop that they were afraid would be devastated. On the fourth day, however, temperatures plummeted, and that night, frost covered the ground. It killed every one of those creeping, crawling pests just as surely as if poison or fire had been used. And grateful farmers never forgot that day. As it went down the history of Minnesota, it's the day that God answered the prayers of his people. I love that story. Uh, the simple truth is, though, many people might view that as just a story. Something that happened in the past and could not imagine anything like that happening now. Here's something I believe. God has not changed. And what he has done in the past is what God is fully capable of doing now and into the future. But what will it take to see his hand at work? So I wonder what would happen if God's people plugged into the enormous power of a tool that has been placed in the hands and at the disposal of every follower of the Father. And this is what we're going to look at today. As we look at the topic of praying it forward, where today we wrap up our series according to Jim, Lessons Learned from the New Testament book of James, and we're going to conclude with one of the most important tools that God gives to his followers. The key idea we're going to look at, a prayer connection will sustain us through the ups and downs of life. But it's been good being here the last few weeks. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I love this church. I just love Wester. It's just a great place to be. Hey, I want to tell you a story. I remember a day a few years ago, we were trimming bushes in front of our house. Darla was doing the trimming while I was doing the cleanup because she didn't appreciate the depth to which I was cutting the bushes. Uh, I happened to cut things pretty close. Okay, that's the way I work. I was busy raking when suddenly the trimmer stopped. I looked over to find her holding a short piece of cord in her hand, about eight inches long. And I asked, where'd you find that? And her response was, I just created it. Because she cut it off just like that. And I said, oh, I'm going to keep that piece of cord. She said, oh, no, you're not. I said, oh, yes, I am. Because I think it's a good reminder of what happens when the power is disconnected. Because when the power is disconnected, nothing runs, does it? Hey, prayer is a tool that I think is vitally important in the life of every person who desires, desires a connection with the Father and with Jesus. And it's a tool that wraps up the book of James. So let's read it together. James writes, says this, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? 
He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now, this is found right at the end of the book of James. I think he ended up with, with prayer because he realized the importance of this tool we've been given. A couple things I noticed about this, this section here. First of all, I realize that prayer works in a variety of settings and circumstances. So if anyone's in trouble, if anyone's facing sickness, if sin captured someone, or is accountability needed among fellow, fellow followers? Hey, prayer works in all these situations and more. It's a tool that's designed to be used. Second thing I recognize is that prayer helps. It can lift people up when they're down. It can help by bringing people into connection with Jesus. It helps center our thoughts and our lives when we're going through challenging times. And then the other thing I see about prayer, it's for everyone. See, I love when James says, Elijah was a man just like us, just like us. So we're going to take a look at his life in just a few minutes here to see how prayer impacted him. But, you know, while he was a prophet of God, Elijah was nobody special when it comes to prayer. And that's what God, that's what James wants to point out. God, through James, is that, hey, he's a guy just like you are, a lady, just like we are. Okay, he said, when it comes to prayer, because he had a relationship with God and a relationship was connected, His prayers were powerful and effective. Now, as I look with this, I do realize that prayer is something for everyone. And it's something we can all do, no matter who we are. Sometimes we think prayer is this mystical thing that only a a few select people have the right to do. And and we just don't understand this tool that we've been given. Uh, I brought with me today... uh, a uh, tool that I was given by my boys a few years ago. And this is a uh, this is a gauge, a tire gauge that I can use for my motorcycle because it's flexible. It fits into all kinds all kinds of different places. There's a problem with this. The problem is I do not know how to operate it. Okay, it's digital. It has all kinds of different things you can do. It, it does a variety of things. Now, the problem, I, don't, I can't understand it. I've read the directions. I can't understand it even with the directions. And so anytime I try to use this thing, it is beyond me. I have to go back to the little digital one. You just pl- plug in. Okay, that's what, I, that's what I do. Some people look at prayer like this. They say, oh, it's just too hard to understand. It's too hard to do. And they don't even try it anymore. Hey, simply put, prayer is talking to God. And it's listening to God. That's one reason why I so often mention each week talking or listening to God by reading the Bible or listening to the Bible. Because in the Bible, we hear God talk to us. He directs us through his spirit. But God desires this connection with us. He he wants us to connect with him through prayer using this tool we've been given. He does not want us to be disconnected. And that's why I say I really believe a prayer connection will sustain us through the ups and downs of life. And it's something anyone can do, no matter who we are. 
So what can we learn about prayer by looking at the life of Elijah? There's a couple different ways I could have approached this. I could look at those early descriptors of what prayer does. But I thought, let's look at the life of Elijah since he was a man just like we are. A person, he was a human. Since he was that way, let's look at what he experienced through prayer. Because what he experienced, so can we. Uh, the first thing I see about prayer, about prayer and Elijah, his story is found in 1 Kings 16 through 19 in the Old Testament. I'd encourage you to read that this week because it's a great story, several great stories through this passage, these passages. But as we pray, I notice that God meets our needs. That's the first thing. Now, I'm not talking about praying to win the lottery here, okay, where we can have all we want. But when it comes to meeting our needs, I have seen the Father come through over and over again. I talked to several after first service who told me stories about the same thing that they have seen. I want you to look at Elijah, though, for a moment. When God told him to pray, pray for drought on the land, Elijah prayed, and it dried up just like that. Three and a half years it dried up. God wanted to get the attention of the people. And the wicked king Ahab, who was leading the people the wrong way. So God sent Elijah to live by a canyon, by a stream of water where he could drink. And he provided, God provided food and water for Elijah every day and night. And he did it this way. He sent bread and, water, bread and meat by ravens. Imagine that. Birds brought him food. Okay? Every day, every night. Now, after, after a time, the water dried up in the brook. So he went. God said, I want you to go live with a widow and her son. And so Elijah did, and again, God provided miraculously for his needs and the needs of the widow and her son, because she had a jar of oil and a jug of flour, and both those did not run out for three years. They just kept miraculously filling up on their own. Now, that just sounds crazy, but God provided for his needs. Elijah prayed, God provided. I think back to one of my early experiences as a young pastor in Mantino. We were raising money for a building project at the, at the church, and we had a growing family, Darlin and the three boys. We needed a dependable car. So we looked into purchasing a vehicle. Uh, we were looking at some good using, but just nothing seemed right to me. Everyone we looked at, I could find something wrong with it, and I knew what it was. I, I had this nagging feeling inside of me as I prayed that we were supposed to support the building project. Now, Darla was a little frustrated with me. She thought I was dragging my heels over to getting a different car, but it was just that I, something wasn't right in here. I finally told her, here's what it is. She said, okay. So we gave to the building project. <laughs> a week later, after that decision, a friend of mine came to me and said they would like to give us their Chevy Impala because they were purchasing a new, a new vehicle. Now, is that coincidence I call it God incidents, okay? I call it God incidents. These, these things happen in an atmosphere of prayer, guys. Now, I want you to know, I wasn't praying for a vehicle. But God knew what I needed, and he gave it. Now, I hope that everyone here has a story of a time that God came through for them. And maybe it was something simple, maybe it was something spectacular. I, I don't know. Why would this be a sustainer through the ups and downs periods of life? Well, here's what I believe. What God has done, God is fully capable of doing again, and he loves his children. Okay, So that's the first thing I see. Second thing I recognize is that when we pray, God does show up. Elijah watched it time and time again. 
every time they poured a little flour out of that jug, a little, a little oil out of the, the, the jar, God showed up for Elijah. But then came the story that allowed the people of Israel who had walked away from God, God got their attention. The, ba- the people had chosen to follow an idol. It was a fertility god named Baal. He had a female counterpart named Asherah. And they worshipped idols, the people of Israel worshipped idols, took part in the fertility units or fertility rites, basically orgies. And they did not live the pure holy life that God intended for his people to live. Now, he got their attention with the drought. But then God said, okay, well, I'm tired of messing around with this stuff. I want to show them who I am. So he said, Elijah, I want you to set up a competition between me and Baal. So Elijah did. They gathered together a mountain. 850 prophets and prophetesses of Baal and Asherah showed up against Elijah. One versus 850. That's a great story found in 1 Kings 17. Uh, You need to read it. But the challenge was to see which God will send fire down from heaven on the sacrifice. So Baal's prophets went first. They built their sacrifice, or they built their altar, put their sacrifice on top, and then they began to pray. They cried out to Baal all day long, all through noontime, all the way up into the evening time. And look what it says. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Elijah finally had enough. He said, my turn. They built the altar, laid the sacrifice on top, dug a moat around the altar, then filled up four jars of water, did it three times. They poured it on top of the, uh, the offering. The sacrifice. Now, if you want something to burn, you don't throw water on it, right? He was going to show who God was. So then after he did that, he just prayed and asked this. Oh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O oh Lord. Answer me. So the people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you are look at it, turning their hearts back to them, back again. As soon as he prayed that prayer, God answered. Fire fell from heaven, burned up the sacrifice, burned up the altar, burned up the water, all in the, everything was gone. And you know what the people said? The Lord, he is God. Yeah. Okay, sure. So it it just caught him by surprise, I'm sure. I'll fire from heaven, burned it all up. And after this, okay, Elijah prayed for rain. And what had not happened for three and a half years, it suddenly began to pour down rain. So what happens when we pray? When we pray, we connect with God who can do anything. God who has all power in his hands. There's nothing too difficult for him to manage. No problem too large for him to overcome. Here's what connection looks like. So I brought my... uh... Okay. Michael says it's all about presentation, right? You got to get it. Okay. All right. All right. So. So. All right. So I have a connection here. All right. Okay. See what happens when you're connected. You can tell the difference, can't you? Okay. What do you suppose happens when we're connected to the Father? You think more power flows through us? You think we, I love the words of the, that we sang earlier, the light shines in the darkness, right? Okay. Makes a difference. Now, it's even better, though, when we're connected. Okay, so that's why you have these little things here. Now, I'm going to turn this off because I learned the hard way to do that. Okay? Yeah. 
Hey, power. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Okay, so here we go. So let's connect them. All right. Now it is a good, strong connection. So what happens in an atmosphere of connection? Power flows. We shine. We don't get the glory. God gets the glory because it's his power that's flowing through us, right? You know why I love praying with people? I don't have any power at all, but God sure does. And I believe when I get to pray with people, and we get to pray with people, we connect them to the power. It's a great gift we've been given to do that. I'll turn that off because I know it's right. So what happens when we pray? We connect. Have you ever seen God at work? Why well, have? We, uh, we start every year off my organization I lead with 30 days of prayer. We pray every morning together and just ask God to move some big mountains ahead of us. Uh, one, uh, one day, two years ago, we were praying for um, the Asian people groups in our, in our region. We want to start churches to reach different people groups. And so we prayed in particular for a planter who would help us reach the Asian people groups. That afternoon, I received an email from an old professor of mine. He told me about a, a guy who had started a church up in Lake County. He said, he just doesn't, he doesn't really know what he's doing. Would you help him? And I said, sure. What's his name? He said, his name is Jin Lee. I said, would he happen to be Asian? He said, yes, he's Korean-American. I said, I would ha- be happy to help. We prayed for him this morning. God incidents? I believe. I believe. So I hope everyone here has a, time, a story of a time that God showed up as a result of prayer for help that was asked. See, these stories sustain us and encourage us to keep on praying. Again, what God has done, he'll continue to do. And then there's the third thing I see. When we pray, God lifts us up. Okay, the final episode of Elijah's prayer life shows him in a valley. He went from the high of showing God to uh, showing God's power to all the people who were there watching the fire rain down from heaven to the next day being his life was threatened by the queen, the evil queen. And because his life was threatened, he ran for his life out into the desert. He stopped under a bush and look at what he prayed. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. You know what he had? A meltdown. Okay, basically just a meltdown. He said, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. He just, well, anyway, I can't do it anymore, he says, right? And with these words, he laid down and slept. So an angel woke him up, gave him some food and water. He's laid down again. The angel woke him up again. He gets more food and water. Then he took off on a 40-day journey to a mountain. When he gets to the mountain, God talks to him. And God says this. What are you doing here, Elijah? So Elijah gives him this long litany of how bad his life is. Now he's all alone. Nobody cares about me. Again, he's melting down, okay? So God says, okay, hang on here. Come out to the entrance of this cave. So he walked out to the entrance of the cave. God has this mighty windstorm blow by, and then an earthquake happens, and he sends fire past the entrance of the cave, and finally this still small voice. And Elijah knew, okay, God's right there. So Elijah steps out to the mouth of the cave, and God says, what are you doing here, Elijah? (laughs) And Elijah says the same exact litany of how bad his life was, okay? All over again. It just blows my mind. Everything is bad for me, Lord. And one, one, two, three, four. And God finally said, 
Okay, now I'm paraphrasing this. Come on, man. Okay, honestly. Come on, man. You've seen what I can do. You've seen I'm in control. Stand up, pick yourself up. Let's get moving again. You are not alone. And Elijah got up, picked himself up, and realized he is not alone. In the midst of his meltdown, God was there with him. And Elijah's willingness to talk with God, even though he was in a bad place, providing, provided space for God to work and to recalibrate his mind so he could get back to doing what he was called to do. I told you a few weeks ago, I played softball for the first time in about six or seven years. And uh, the day after, I'll be honest, I was hurting. Okay? I was hurting. I could barely walk. I hit real well that night, but I could barely walk the next day after. And it was my back. Okay? And so Monday after the Friday game, I scheduled up an appointment with my chiropractor. So he sat me down, worked on me on Monday. I could tell things still weren't right. Okay? So I went back on Wednesday. And that adjustment got me ready to dance at my son's wedding. And I danced real hard, okay? It's amazing to me, though, the difference a little adjustment can make to recalibrate things. We will all go through things that have potential to disrupt our equilibrium, to drag us down. We talked about that last week. But the person who stays connected to the Father in prayer has the proper tool to allow for recalibration and adjustment to take place. So the power can flow. See, prayer has a way of centering our hearts and our minds. It gives us a fresh perspective and renewed hope. And it brings us into contact with the one who will lift us up and help us through. I need prayer. I need this tool. I think everyone who wants to follow Jesus needs this tool. Elijah was a man just like us. But when he prayed, things happened. And since this is the case, I, I, want, I think there's unlimited potential ahead of any one of us who just chooses to practice the tool, pick it up and use it. But here's a couple ideas for you in the week ahead for implementation. One, I, I, you should have received a wire nut when you walked in today. I, I just love those as a connection device. We have these all through the walls and ceilings of our homes. They're right there. And they keep the power flowing. They keep it flowing uninterrupted. And I give that to you, a reminder of, to you as a reminder of what prayer does for us. So what I'd like you to do is put that somewhere where you'll remember it this week. And when you see it, maybe just use that as, a, as an encourager to shoot a prayer up to the Father. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. He wants to connect with us. The second thing I want to ask you to do is just, yeah, do that. Talk to God and connect with Him. Now, I have a picture here. It may not look like much. Okay? That's my prayer chair. Okay? I had that in our old house. We moved to a new house uh, five years ago. And uh, Darla said, what do you want to do with that? And I said, well, I'd like to keep it. She said, well, I want to throw it out. And I said, no, we can't throw it. That's my prayer chair. Okay? So I, that's up, up in my office now. It's a place for me just to sit and pray, listen, talk to God. Just connect. And I think every one of us needs a place like that. It doesn't need to be a chair. It can be a whatever, whatever. A place where we can just sit down and talk to God, get quiet, talk and listen. Remember, God wants to talk with us. And as we connect, 
the power flows. So I'd encourage you to do that this week. And last but not least, I want to ask you to look for opportunities to connect others to God. Because here's where the power really gets to flow and you get to see it in new ways. Ask the Father to help you open your eyes to people around you you come in contact with through the week ahead. Look for someone you can pray with. And when you feel the nudge from the Spirit, just step into that and just use these five words, the five of the most powerful words in the world. Can I pray for you? And if they say yes, step in and pray. You never can tell how that might just lift a person who needs lifting. Lift a person who needs help. And remember, it's not our power. We get to connect them to the God of the universe who loves them just like he loves us. See, Elijah was a man just like us. Anyone can talk to God, guys. And God welcomes our talk. And as we pray, remember, things happen. Because as the Bible says, the prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, is powerful and effective. So let's put this tool into practice in the week ahead. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you're right here with us today. I thank you that you not only listen to us, but you take action as we pray. Lord, we know there are many who need your help and your comfort. We think of our friends in El Paso, Texas right now. Just please wrap your arms around them and help them. I pray for the spiritual leaders of that city that you will help them as they connect people to you. You're the one who can help. You're the one who has the answers. You're the one who always comes through. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you listen and respond. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.